what did what did she rescue? A chicken. A chicken from where? Uh, it was on the street somehow. Probably, I suspect, escaping maybe from the that um, the police chicken plant. Uh, the oh, chicken. up on Classen. On Classen. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, hey, chicken hero here. <laughs> chicken hero, great. Uh, so you're willing to touch a chicken, but not. Um, your friends, oh, you, right? Yeah, okay. No, I can't hear him. He said, you're willing to touch a chicken, but not your friends. I didn't actually touch him. A random stranger from the street did, but also chickens don't carry coronavirus, and this was an emergency. Uh, <laughs> so would you describe yourself as the chicken hero or this other person? Well, I came out <laughs> with a, car- a cat carrier, and I tried to corral, corralled, started trying to corral the chicken into a space where he was contained, so, and then a couple other people on the street either helped or kind of didn't help that much because the chicken was running in and out of traffic. But we got the chicken underneath a grate, like one of those, like, um, building grates with only a small opening and kind of kept him under there. And then I was tweeting about it and a random person from Twitter came who was like, oh, I'm walking in that area. I'll come help you. Uh, sexual Gumby is that person's Twitter account. So sexual <laughs> Gumby, the sexual Gumby showed up and was like, "I catch pigeons all the time." And like reached under, just grabbed this completely insane chicken and get got him in the carrier for me. And then um, the Wild Bird Fund, which is the bird rescue place uh, in Manhattan, one of their volunteers came to pick the bird up and take him there. Oh boy! I played up an important role. No, Definitely. certainly. You are critical in the, the rescue of that chicken. Well, yeah. uh, congrats. I just wanted to tell you, I like the entertainment, but also, if you think I didn't post about it in the Facebook group when it was happening, you'd be wrong. Ah, yes, I have tried to avoid that group of late. That but... coffee cup should be a seed cup of seeds for the chicken. Okay, I'll leave it in the podcast now. Bye-bye. <laughs> He's as nutty as ever. <laughs> Good God. Uh, well, we're back. Okay. <laughs> Simon, you want to do the intro? Sure. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation. It's time to defund police. <laughs> All right, we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. But before we get into the Nets news you can use, Simon, I want to do some rapid-fire yes or no questions. Okay, hit me with them. (laughs) Okay. This is a a total surprise to me. (laughs) Are you ready to be shocked to your core here? Yes. All right, Simon, yes or no? That's all we need. Rapid fire Mm -hmm. from the gut, from the heart, okay? Mm -hmm. Was George Floyd murdered by police? Yes. Was Breonna Taylor murdered by police? Yes. Have countless other black and brown people been murdered by police? Yes. Would you agree with the... Objective fact that America, the land of the free, Simon, incarcerates more people than any other country on the planet. Yes. Would you have the gall to contradict U.S. Attorney General William P. Barr and say that there might just happen to be a little tiny bit of systemic racism in American law enforcement? Definitely. 
Do you think that some level of outrage at the state of the so-called criminal justice system is 100% warranted right now? Yes, extreme outrage. And do you think, Simon, that black lives matter? Yes. Okay. We want to say here at the beginning of the podcast, before we begin talking about things like Katie's Corner, net schedule, and what it would be like to be in Disneyland, that we want to foreground the issue that is very much at the forefront of everyone's mind right now, and which should be at the forefront of everyone's mind right now, and that is that Black Lives Matter, and we do not... Uh, pretend like this issue is not there. This is not um, meant as a distraction, but this is a Nets podcast in which we talk about the Nets, and there are a huge breadth of things and resources for people to find out more about the systemic injustices in this, our land of the free, Simon, and but we felt it was important to, to at least mention it at the top of this show. What did you have to say about it? Oh, uh, yes. Just want to kind of uh, just quickly say that I think um, for folks who and, – and I, I think uh, William and I are firmly in the camp of, you know, completely convinced that this is, you know, a, a, a completely unjust – um, situation. Police uh, departments are, are essentially invading armies uh, in uh, black and brown communities across the country. But just a couple of things around people who maybe don't feel uh, as passionately about this that I could just try to maybe convince them a bit. One is that uh, for people who believe in democracy – Police departments are inherently extremely anti-democratic. You can see that in the incredible terror that both Democrats and Republicans have uh, for confronting um, police departments. You see that here in New York with Mayor de Blasio, with Governor Cuomo, with the mayor whose name I don't recall in Buffalo, um, all completely lawless uh, police departments, Minneapolis, Minnesota. and they basically run completely unaccountable, um, and they, there's there's no way to um, stop them from doing the things that they do, um, and that is dangerous for everyone. Although, again, um, very much disproportionately black people. Uh, and then the second thing, sorry, and then I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, we can talk about Katie's corner. Is <laughs> just for folks who think that police are useful. Um, I'm not sure that William or I don't want to put words in your mouth, William, but I I would say that I am not arguing for tomorrow having zero police force. But I would say that for people who think that police are useful, take a look at the clearance rates, meaning the rates at which charges are brought against people for various crimes. Even for murder, the most serious crime, it is generally below 50% that people are charged for, for that crime. And if you go down the line to less serious, you know, robbery, to burglary, um, sexual assault, rape, all of those crimes, the, the, the anywhere from a majority to a vast majority of those crimes never even have anyone charged. So they're not particularly good at doing the things that you might think police are good at uh, or are useful for, rather. Um, so just uh, a couple of just uh, want to point those two things out and uh, that's that's it from me not to mention that they eat up 
massive, massive percentages of municipal government uh, budgets. Yes, uh, that $6 could be going dollars. right in in New York City alone. Six billion dollars resources that could be used for all sorts of things that actually help human beings, like healthcare, education, housing, things that I think in general people are more in support of than say the aggressive repression of poor and minority populations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, with that said, Simon, and I don't mean to be glib, but we we are going to be talking about the nets, and so we are going to be turning now to KD's corner. Um, this week, Simon, we are going to combine Katie's corner with headline of the week. Okay. All right. This one from Nets Daily. Uh, quote, sources, colon, Kevin Durant won't return for the 2019-2020 season. Mm-hmm. Simon, I don't know that we've had... I can't remember the last episode we've done where KD returning or not returning has not been a centerpiece of our conversation. Yeah. Um, it's the it's the one consistent thing in these wildly <laughs> uncertain times. Uh, speculation about whether this man is going to return or not return. One thing I thought of interest during this week in which it was more or less officially announced he's not going, definitely not going to return, is that our beloved Timothy Luawu Kabare, TLC, to his hardcore fans, of which Simon and I number, uh, <laughs> said that not only is Kevin Durant healthy, but that he's been healthy for five months and has been a, quote, pain in the ass in practice, meaning that he's been really good and difficult to defend, I assume, um, yes. in practice. Uh, so, Simon, if Kevin Durant is healthy, and there's some evidence that he is, how do you feel about this latest statement that he's definitely not coming back? Um, well, you know, we, we've talked about how we were both in favor of him not coming back. So I, you know, it, it does mean that we get to postpone our, you know, keep, keep our hopes high and we don't have to risk the disappointment of seeing uh, a Kevin Durant led team, not live up to expectations. Um, that said, I, I have to admit, William, for somebody who has been, you know, constantly saying that and saying that, of course, he's not coming back and, you know, it's dumb to think he would, which I've said, we, we have both said, I think, on numerous occasions, we were right in this in this instance, just to throw that out there. I was, you know, admittedly disappointed. Yes, me <laughs> I too. have to say, even though I, we, I, you know, tried to talk a big game, it it's disappointing um, and it does start to, I, I, I think I, even in his quote where he says, I don't have it in front of me. I wish I, I did. And, um, uh, but when he's talking to Mark J Spears, uh, of, uh, ESPN, where he kind of made this statement that he's definitely not coming back. He says something like, yeah, pretty much from the time that I was injured, we knew I wasn't going to play next year. And it's a little bit of what, um, that guy who wrote the book on Oklahoma City has talked about where Kevin Durant is not necessarily the best narrator of his own 
sort of story. Mm-hmm. He's not the most reliable narrator because he has not said that. Now you would be, he would be totally right in saying that he has never said like, oh yeah, I'm I'm really aiming to get back. He's never said anything close to that. But I wouldn't say that he has said consistently, no, I'm not coming back. And I decided this in June. I'm not going to play. Right. Um, so that is kind of news to us. And even if had you said that, this situation is so exceptional that right. if you, before the season, had said, I'm not going to play, that it would just be too little time to for my recovery, and I want to fully recover. Well, we've added months and months and months <laughs> onto this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so by the time the season resumes, he will have th- had 13 months of recovery. Now I have I'm not a doctor and I don't know how Kevin Durant feels. Um and I think everyone should have obviously the right to determine when they are or are not ready to play. Yes. But um I will say that if a lot of the rumors that he does appear to be fully healthy are true. I am a little bit frustrated in spite of, as you said, (laughs) uh, not really wanting him to come back and and holding on to this illusion that he's going to be fully healthy and great when he does come back. I am a little bit frustrated and disappointed, I guess, um, that he is ruling it out. Um, And that was sort of exacerbated for me, Simon, by the Forbes annual list of the world's 100 highest paid athletes coming (laughs) out this week. Uh Uh, And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both crack that top 25. Now, this combines both endorsement deals and contracts. Uh So they're not the richest just because of what the Nets are paying them. Um, But it is frustrating to have two of the be one of two teams in the NBA with two guys in this top 25 and to have neither of those guys playing in the playoffs this year. Uh, Additionally, it's the playoffs, right? Like it's essentially the playoffs. It's going to take a, and we'll get to this in a bit, but it's going to, it's going to be very difficult for the wizards to knock us out of the playoffs. Not yeah. impossible, as we'll get to, but but um, very difficult for them to knock us out of the playoffs. So to be able to come back and be basically guaranteed that your team is in the playoffs, you don't have to do the grind of a full season. You just get back. Like, it's like a free ride to the playoffs. And for someone who is a guy like Kevin Durant and, and to an extent Kyrie Irving, but who very much have their legacy in mind and mm-hmm. who, who think in terms of like, I am going to go down as one of the 20 greatest NBA players of all time. Um, you would think that that would motivate him in some way to want to have sort of a free pass into the playoffs where at least he could give it a shot. Like if he fails, I don't think he's going to get knocked too hard. Now that may be disingenuous and and naive to say that he might get torn (laughs) apart. Um, But, you know, he's coming back from a very serious injury. So it would be understandable if he weren't able to make much noise in the playoffs. But still, if you were able to do something, you would think that would be legacy bolstering at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think it's uh, glass half full, glass half empty. 
like like you're saying, you can look at it as basically like a, a, a win-win proposition, right? If you don't do well, well, you're coming off a huge injury, you haven't played in a long time, and you're being thrust into the playoffs, that's a tough situation. If you do win, you know, like you said, uh, bur- uh, uh, burnishes your legacy. But I suspect he may fear that, you know, with all of the hype around him and, and, and Kyrie, uh, that if, if let's say he plays and they don't even make it out of the first round, like alarm bells start to go off. He can see all the segments on your, your first takes and your, all those punditry shows being like, is Kevin Durant, you know, going to be any good anymore? Can he right. possibly, is it ridiculous to think of this team as a championship contender? Right. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Kevin Durant. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. Of course. Of course. But, uh, you know, if if that sort of fear and insecurity is a thing, the overriding feeling in your in your superstar, that's that's not necessarily a positive thing either. Right. Not that he's no. uh, not that he's uh, un, it's unfounded to fear like he has been maligned in the media. A whole book just came out by Ethan Sherwood Strauss that sort of talks about um, his sort of depressing <laughs> attitude toward things. Um, so he has a right to be a little bit skeptical uh, and and. Uh, distrustful of the media oh yeah and how they would take it so i'm not you know i'm not knocking him for that but um you know we 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 look to these guys to be to be like inhuman heroes right who aren't yeah who aren't subject to the same doubts that uh, us mere mortals have so it would be it it would be nice to see it would be nice him be sort of coming out saying he's going to he's going to take down the Raptors in round 1 and definitely lead the Nets to to glory but it it really doesn't sound like he is now do you think Simon since as i mentioned this is i don't know the 8th or ninth straight week where we've talked about this very subject do you think this is the nail in the coffin do you think this is our last Katie's corner for the season or will speculation continue the entire run up to July 31st when the season um, restarts. No, I mean, I think he, him actually saying that to Mark J Spears is the nail in the coffin. And we also saw that Kyrie Irving, according to Woj um, said he was, he might be, he's thinking about potentially being in the bubble as a, you know, I forget what the term was, but like an inactive player. Um, So he's out too which I think hurts the cause of Katie coming back, but really just him saying it once and for all. Yeah. Is, uh, to me, that's the nail on the coffin. So you don't think we're going to be talking about this again? No, at least not whether he's going to come back. Right. Right. Um, if there's one thing I've found, Simon, uh, if you're inside net the Nets Nation bubble, not the Orlando bubble, but Nets Nation bubble, mm-hmm. uh, you can convince yourself of pretty much any damn thing you want. Uh, so I think that this is nowhere near the end of our conversations about whether KD is coming back to the Nets or not this season. <laughs>
okay. There's going to be a tweet or an Instagram post or something that someone will be able to <laughs> interpret as a, you know, subtle hint that he is, in fact, coming back. Or Rich Kleiman will be wasted at a club and mention to someone that KD is going to come back. Something's <laughs> going to happen yeah. <laughs> that is going to allow hope to spring eternal once again. Sure. Uh, so that said, we will move on from KD. I think it. I think we are both now uh, convinced that he will officially not be returning to the team. That is obviously a huge blow, as will the absence of Kyrie Irving, though that is an absence um, Nets fans are used to at this point. Uh, I guess in both their cases, we're used to it. Um, you don't exactly. <laughs> you don't propel two dudes in the top 25 highest paid players in the world, athletes in the world, to see them actually, you know, play athletics. Uh, right. And do, doesn't it to you sort of drive home the feeling that I've always had, and I think you have as well, that it just doesn't feel real? Yes. It doesn't feel real that these two players are actually on our team. No, I know. I've said I, I think I've described them sort of as interlopers at one point. But, yeah, it seems <laughs> like it, they they don't have time for us. So why should we have time for, for them? <laughs> I still think we're waiting on the uh, press conference from both of them, so, you know, officially <laughs> declaring that they're actually a part of this team. Um, and I think we're going to be waiting for many, many, many more months to come. Uh, and... You know, it's diff- it is difficult to, to accept them as being on our, t- on our team as real when that's the case. And it's it, difficult to, to really get excited, at least in, in my um, – for me, it, it's been difficult. Uh, yeah. Just because right. it does seem so unreal. Mm-hmm. But let us turn to the play uh, – it's not the playoffs. It's – uh, abbreviated conclusion to the season with a potential play-in tournament. Yes. I don't know what the official language is, but that's approximately what, what's going on here. Yes. Um, Nets are one of 22 teams who will be invited to a bubble or, if you're a douchebag, a campus in Ooh, Orlando. campus. <laughs> Ooh, like a Google campus. Like a Google campus, like a tech campus. You know, they've begun um, talking about the Met in internal, in internal emails as, the, as a campus. Oh, very, yes. very chic. Oh, yes. Uh, so anyway, the Nets are one of 22 teams. Invited in. There are nine teams from the East and 13 teams from the West. Uh, The playoffs will be your standard eight teams with four rounds, seven, seven, best of seven in each round. Okay. Yeah. The uh, each team will play eight quote unquote regular season games followed by a potential play in tournament which would involve the eighth and ninth seed in each conference playing what could be three games to determine who gets the eighth seed and we can discuss that in a little slightly more detail in a second um and so we are going to discuss now the potential schedule the nets will face and then what a plan would look like 
great. Great. So right now, as it stands, Simon, in the East, the Nets are six games ahead of the Washington Wizards. Yes. And half a game ahead of the Orlando Magic. Right. In order for the Washington Wizards to have an opportunity to be in the playoffs, they would either have to do extraordinarily well in these eight games um, and end up with a better record than either the Magic or the Nets. But that uh-huh. is the, the chances of that happening are microscopic. But what is <laughs> less uh, what is what is less um, what is less certain is whether or not they will breach the four game threshold that would yes. allow them to do the play in. So they're six back from us, five and a half back from the Magic. That means they'd have to do slightly better than both of these teams in the play in to put, uh, sorry, in the eight game regular season to have a chance to do the play in tournament. What would happen then, say, if they get within four games of either of those teams? They would have to then play a play-in tournament uh, or play-in round against that team where the Wizards would have to beat the Magic or the Nets two times in a row, and the other team would have to win just one of those games. Right. Okay. That was, uh, Simon, a terribly inefficient way of saying, I'm sure, what is a vastly simpler thing that I just tried to say. But let's look at the Nets' schedule and sort of map out how we see the Nets potentially doing in this end of regular season slash play-in scenario. Okay, great. Okay, okay, great. So we don't have the official schedule, but we there have been reports by various people that you're, the teams are essentially going to play the teams that they would have played that have made it to this 22-game uh, it's 22 team uh, end of regular season bubble. So that would mean that the Nets are playing in this order the following teams. The LA Clippers, Sacramento Kings, Washington Wizards, Boston Celtics, Magic, Clippers, Magic, Trailblazers. Simon, my one word, initial reaction, all caps. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I could easily see us. Every one of those games is losable. I mean, every game again for the Nets is, is losable, but there are no gone are the games against the Warriors, the Hawks, the teams that, you know, the Nets generally have a pretty good chance of beating. Right. Your um, Hornets, your Pistons, right. your Cavs. Yeah, yes. all those guys, yeah. bye-bye. Um, instead, we play the Clippers, arguably the best team in the NBA. <laughs> Not one, but two times. Yep. We play the Trailblazers uh, the very last game of this, in theory, Simon, mm-hmm. which is terrifying because the Trailblazers are very likely going to be in a get you know like one game at most battle to make the play-in tournament against the Grizzlies 
They're okay. three and a half games back, and they are desperate to make the playoffs, but so are the Pelicans. All those teams in the West are packed in together. So the Trailblazers are going to be playing for their lives that game. Um, I think a Trailblazers team that already is more talented than us and has the motivation that they are playing for their lives, that's a, that's a W for the Blazers. Okay, you're worried about that one. Okay, So sure, we got Blazers, sure. we got two Clippers, which I'll just – Throw in the in the L category. That's an L, yeah. Uh, we got the Celtics. Who? Let's be real. That's an L. That's an L. So we have four <laughs> games. Right. We have four games we can realistically win, and that's against the Kangs, the Wizards, and two against the Magic. Those Magic games are crucial games. Yes, and we've lost twice to uh, the the bo- both the Wizards and the Magic. Simon, you're scooping me. Yes, exactly. Sorry. Wait, no, that's fine. Yeah. Fun fact, I had it listed as a fun fact. We've lost both <laughs> times. We've played both the Wizards and the Magic this season. Uh, but we have beaten the Kings the last three times we've played them. Once this season and both times last year. Right. So I'm feeling good about that Kings game. Okay. Yeah. And then we have seven other games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yes, so I could I could see us going zero and eight. I really could, um, <laughs> but I think so. Here here's here's a question for you, and something I think we hit, we that could be a source of comfort. The Wizards have a very tough schedule as well, I think, but that hinges on the Bucks trying, which I don't know what their current how how worried they should be of losing their first place. So they have, I mean, look up the thing. But. Uh, I got it. So they okay. have essentially 0% chance of losing their first place seed. They are 6.5 games ahead of the Oof. Raptors and they're 9.5 games ahead of the Celtics. So, oh, um, okay. you know, they've got to win a couple. Right. So, well, to guarantee their first place. Yeah. So here's, I would just say, I would hope that even a like Giannis resting or like B squad bucks team is still tough for the wizards. They have to play the bucks twice. Um, they also have to play the Celtics twice. Um, the Sixers, the thunder, and then the Suns. So of, of those teams, I would say if I'm a wizards, I would say only the game against the Suns is maybe a game where you feel like you have a good shot. Maybe the Thunder, but no, the Thunder, the Thunder are, are really trying. The Thunder are really going to be trying. The Suns are, um, as you rightly point out, terrible. Guess who is also terrible? The Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> So, except when they play the Nets, and they, oh my! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, their best player, Bradley Beal, is going to be better than our best player, who is I don't know, Spencer Dinwiddie or Karis LeVert. On the night, yeah, right. It definitely depends on the night for sure. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it's not we we do have a very comfortable lead. (laughs) <laughs> but that um, that play in is is pretty scary because if we drop if we drop to the eighth, which is very much within the realm of possibility, uh-huh. since we're only half a game up on the on the Magic, and the Magic are kind of the hometown team, I guess. Yes, yes. I mean, it doesn't matter because it won't be fans. But yes, do you think that uh, that players will be allowed to be in the stands? I think that could be kind of cool. 
sure. I mean, sure. they're not really going to have anything else to do, so it might be interesting if they like all just hung out and watched each other play. Right. I mean, I I have heard that they might they might just fill the seats with digital created digitally created uh, crowd faces. Okay. Um, but maybe they would keep in the faces of the players. Would you? Yeah. Um, it could be, it could be like, uh, you'd have like a digitally created, I don't know, Minnie Mouse running behind LeBron, giving him bunny ears or something like that. Exactly. That would be amazing. Uh, do you want there to be crowd noise pumped in or do you just want to hear the, the squeak of the sneakers on the hardwood? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm hard. Uh, uh, I, I, I go against, uh, Bill Simmons. I, I want the crowd noise. I don't care how fake it is. Um, for me, I will completely forget that it's fake. Like I, you know, when I watch sitcoms, like occasionally I'll think like, oh yeah, that's canned laughter or whatever. But basically it's like, I don't know. I don't think about it. It's like, ah, that was funny. No, I know. It definitely, I think the, the technology is there to make it tasteful. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's got to be tasteful. It's got to be it? one thing we demand as <laughs> as viewers and fans yeah. <laughs> is tastefulness. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I. So, have you watched any of the uh, Bundesliga? Oof, no. Oof. <laughs> Bundesliga. Oof, no. Bundesliga. This is a realm I am completely unfamiliar with. I have not. Have you? No, but I think they are doing some fake um, cheering, but I'm not totally sure about that. Also, in in Korea, in some sport that was brought back, they did do, like, the digital fans. The bases, yeah, I think baseball. Baseball. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm all, I'm all in favor of making it, it weird. I think it would be... <laughs> Yet, uh, kind of hard to watch if there were just, if it were just empty and silent, other right. than the players. I mean, unless you want to mic people up, and then we can hear what they're saying. But I think they're terrified of letting people hear oh, what yeah. these people say to each other. It'd be <clears throat> right. I would love to hear that. I really would. Oh, but, that would but... be that would be my number one pick. Would be, it'd be eight, <laughs> yeah. like mic up Draymond Green. Oh, I guess he's not going to be there. Anyone, you know, Pat Beverly right. in a game and just right. l- let it rip. I agree. I I feel like the the total quiet, like just like the gym and and you know muffled player talk that you can't really hear, um, would I fear underscore the idea that we've just kind of put these people out there to like play for our enjoyment. Somehow, like having a crowd there makes it a more organic experience, and this is just kind of like a. Hey, we're beaming this to you into your TV. Like we've made these people play this game for you. Right now, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Well, all we're asking for is some tastefulness, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> come, come back to that time and time again. <laughs> um. So, Simon, let's say things. Let's say we drop both games to the Magic. They have half a game better record than us, and the Wizards miraculously go on a tear in this thing and get within four games of us. Yes, we're looking down the barrel of a must-win Nets game. How do you think we come out of that? L. I I I I I think if it gets to the point where we're in a play-in tournament, I do not like our odds. 
We have, as we've talked about so many times, a team of ninnies uh, <laughs> who have no stomach for any kind of, you know, gut check moments or anything. Uh, in addition to which, not that the Wizards have a whole lot to play for, but the Nets have nothing to, to play for. This team is going to look very different. Even if we have the same players, it's just going to look totally different because Kyrie and KD will be getting 80% of the offense. Everything, you know, the lineups will look totally different. It's just a completely irrelevant anachronistic season. But don't and you think they're going to want to leave it all on the court for the guy that's coached them for two games? <laughs> yeah, if Jacques can get these guys. And again, I mean, that's another example, frankly. The coach doesn't give a shit. I mean, he probably does give a shit, honestly, because he probably has to convince himself that he has a chance that if he just, you know, wills this team to, I don't know, a first round victory or whatever it is that would take to get Jacques Vaughn. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they really love Jacques Vaughn. Um, But yes, I I feel like that's another thing. It's like, oh, this coach isn't going to be there or is not going to be the head coach. No, I, Uh, I agree with you. I think, I think the magic and the wizards both theoretically have something more to prove. Like the magic want to be perceived as like a playoff team and relevant because they're sort of all in with their roster. They have the same coach, their coach, you know, needs them to do better if he wants to keep his job. <laughs> These younger, like guys like Eric Gordon need to prove that they could maybe help a team be decent. And then the wizards, John with, um, with all the buzz about Bradley Beal leaving, I think he would like to send a statement that, you know, this team is real. This team is legit. They have a chance of being good, especially when they get five-time or six-time all-star John Wall back. Um, there's yeah. some young guys there who have something to prove as well. So I just see see tons of motivation on that end. Meanwhile, we have maybe our best players. We said Spencer Dinwiddie, who has very publicly said he will go to any team um, if people give him money. <laughs> uh, we have Jared Allen, who has been <laughs> reduced to a tiny nub of his former self um, in a humiliation ritual meant to build up uh, DeAndre Jordan. Um, We have guys like Wilson Chandler who've played a handful of games, probably don't really give a shit. Uh, I mean... Both of our I mean, can, both of our stars have have uh, you know groundlessly said they don't want to be a part of anything this team <laughs> is doing. Well, no, well, so so quickly. I sorry, we should have talked to this as talked about this in the other segment. But I would say the fact that Kyrie isn't playing mm-hmm. is in some ways more worrying because we saw Kyrie take a cortisone shot just to play with this um, squad of of nobodies. And so I think he would want to play. He doesn't seem to, I don't think he's in the same boat of maybe Kevin Durant is where Kevin Durant is like, it's all about next year. Kyrie was like, shit, shoot me full of pain numb and get me out there for this worthless season. Ah, so Um, you think this thing could be even more serious than the endless string of very serious injuries he's already had. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying, William. Take whatever fears you had about Kyrie and amplify them. Um, But but so that's something to think about. But sorry to get to get back to what we were talking about now. Um, I would say one interesting interesting thing to monitor, and the thing that I'm perhaps most interested in is Karis Levert. Um, he was on a tear 
that was, as you've so eloquently put it, causing all of us, or many of us, not you, William, but many of us Kool-Aid drinkers to forget everything we know about Karis LeVert and think that he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, I think he has something to prove because I think that he wants to show that he could be that third star. Um, and, but on the other side of that coin is, uh, old Karis's rhythm, uh, is easily disrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's disrupted by not playing and some of his absolute worst games come when he's just off an injury or just off and not playing. So yeah, it takes him a while to get back into the groove. Um, <laughs> luckily he will have a full training camp theoretically Yeah, to get his groove back. Um, and then we can see our third star and all his uh, splendor. Get back into the groove. Exactly, exactly. Uh, anyway, it is exciting, uh, regardless of, of what happens with the Nets, that, that in theory, anyway, basketball is definitely coming back. Yes. Um, okay. Simon, Ian Begley, is that the first name? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Ian Begley writes, One respected vet and one talented young player are uh-huh. angling to join our Brooklyn Nets. Ooh, doctor. So he says, Some guesses by fans include Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz <laughs> at one end. I assume that would be uh-huh. the talented young player. Yep. Quinn Cook of the Lakers... Uh-huh, bit of a drop. At the end. Yeah, from, that's uh, a precipitous <laughs> drop. Undrafted Quinn Cook, who is barely <laughs> holding on to a rotation role um, on any team he's been on. Uh, so anyway, Quinn Cook of the Lakers and maybe Serge Ibaka of the Raptors for the, quote, one respected veteran. Yeah. Simon? What do you think of the three names I just mentioned? Obviously, you're enamored of Quinn Cook, as anyone ought to be. Uh, what do you think of the three names I just mentioned? What are some names you'd like to mention? Uh, thank you for that. So I think Donovan Mitchell is not in the cards. Uh, and also Ian Bagley himself was like, oh, it's, it is, their contracts allow them to make this possible. So to me, that means a free agent, which Donovan Mitchell is not. Uh, I don't think. Um, and at the very least, he's a restricted free agent. Um, Definitely anyway. not. Definitely not. Right. Okay. So so he's out for any number of reasons, um, though it would be great to have, have him on our team. Um, uh, I think that Serge Ibaka is also, unfortunately, too good to be true unless we really clear cap some, somehow. Um, I think he is not going to be a, like, whatever the taxpayer's exception or whatever sort mid-level of... Mid-level exception. Mid-level exception that we have. Like, I think he could easily... I, I Who knows the cap, blah, 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 we don't know. But I think he will be worth more than that um, on the open market. Uh, I mean, he's playing spectacularly. Uh, and, um, Quinn Cook, sure. I think that before we go on signing Quinn Cook, we need to get rid of the glut of backcourt players that we currently have. 
Um, but I'd be fine with Quinn Cook. I know he's buddies with uh, with Durant. Yeah, they're both um, from is, uh, Prince George right, the County. County. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. Is. I watched that documentary. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. You know, I think we <laughs> we talked about. Can I, just as a quick aside, William? I'm curious what you think about this. But so you sent me that interview that uh, Rich Kleinman did with one of the um, athletic podcasts. Yeah, tampering. To me, to me, nothing, and I mean nothing, William, spells out how big, how huge a star Kevin Durant is. That he he that Rich Kleinman gets to go around to podcasts that, you know, I assume at least some people listen to and talk about a completely superfluous documentary. And they ask him nothing, almost nothing, but questions about that documentary. Right. Um, that would, again, were Kevin Durant not a huge star, would never have been made or would have been made in, like, someone's basement as, like, a, a pleasure project. It looks like it um, was made in someone's basement. I was stunned <laughs> by how low the production quality was on this thing. It was terrible. And the the premise is like, hey, there's a lot of good players here. Right. No, I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's (laughs) somehow, yeah, it's a fascinating subject. Like 25 NBA players came from the same place in the last 20 years, like the same county. That is remarkable. That's like a huge number of players. But and, and at first I was like, wow, how do they do this in 52 minutes? And by about minute four, I was like, oh, my God, I don't think I can watch any. Like, I don't think I can hear them repeat the same exact thing over. That was basically it. You've you've right. you've seen the film at this point. It yeah. is it is miserably done. But yeah. Uh, but but, the, again, but yes, it does. It does speak to to KD's stardom. Yes. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant, not from there, but I believe went to high school in the county. Yes, he uh, was He was uh, one of the people interviewed in the film. Oh, great. Amazing. So that that's another possible Kevin Durant, and, and as well as Oladipo. Anyway, sorry. Um, I, I don't think those two – so so I, I don't know. Those three, I, I would say two of them are tantalizing but not realistic, and Quinn Cook, I – you know, fine, would not hate having him on the team. But as you said, you can look many places for a player who scores six points a, a game. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Quinn Cook is better than Theo Pinson. He is yes. better than John and Musa. Yep. Um, beyond that, I don't really know what else you're hoping for from him. He is a three and D player with not very good defense. Yeah, uh, right. He's, he's small enough to be a point guard, uh, but I don't think he's a terribly good passer. Right. Um, he's just not a guy that that you're gonna, unless there's um, COVID and there's literally nothing to write about um, in terms of sports because they're not happening. Uh, not someone you're going to talk about is like, this could be a big deal if he came to your team. He would be a ninth or 10th guy at best. Yes. So can I tell you possible free agents that I am interested in? I can't wait. Yes. Okay. So I have a couple, you've heard some of these names before Jeremy Grant. I just talked about him. He has said apparently that he is going to opt out of his, um, player option, he, you know, again, he's no Serge Ibaka, so he's more realistic for the Nets, but not sure we have the money for him, but maybe. Why? Um, what do you think he's going to make? 
I think he's going to make – well, his option is for $9 million, So he thinks at the very least that he can make more than 9 I would say somewhere around 12 if I were to guess. Yeah. Um, but I could be wrong. And again, we don't know what the salary cap, but how the, all of that's going to work. But um, He's but coming he's from Denver, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think he's probably looking for more opportunity, which he would certainly have on the Nets. Oh yeah, he would be a starting power forward. I would love to see him as the as the four, and KD can be the three. Yeah, you've long had an unfounded love of Jeremy Grant. <laughs> I really have. Yeah, I really. It's not like we've watched him like play the Nets, and he's like dazzled. <laughs> no, I bet you've probably seen like a collective thirty-two minutes of him playing basketball. But yeah, you are, I couldn't tell. I don't know. What it happened. is one what? of the things that, if you know Simon McCormick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man who loves Jeremy Grant. Yeah, uh, another another sort of on the savvy vet uh, uh, end of things is um, who's the guy? God, no, I can't. If it's name, I'm so in love with him. Um, uh, God, he was playing for the Grizzlies. Then he got traded. Marcus All. No, no, he's a guard. Um, he's like a feisty Mike defense guard. No, no. He, he was on the Grizzlies this year. Um, shit. What is his name? Uh, he was on the Celtics long ago. He's like a wing kind of three and D, but not very good at three. He was, on um, the, he was on the Grizzlies this year. Yeah, he was. And then I think he got traded somewhere else. Um, he got, he was in like a bro. Oh, Jay Crowder. Yes, Jay Crowder. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> what do you say, Jay Crowder? <laughs> I think the nicest thing you can say about Jay Crowder is he used to be an <laughs> analytics darling and now is no longer that. Well, again, we're talking, I mean, William, I'm not, yes, I mean, I'd like LeBron James, but I'm try, trying to, you know, play within the bounds of like someone who would be a vet minimum or just above a vet minimum or might might be willing to play for less because they want to play with Kevin Durant. Right. A poor man. Uh, you're looking for a poor man's Damari Carroll. I hear you. <laughs> no, no, come on. Oh, here's my third one, though. William. Yeah. No, I love these. I love all. And, and I don't mean I would I would be fine with Jay Crowder. <laughs> I've seen when I've seen him play, um, I've seen him play several games where he's hit just a ton of threes and looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's somewhat uh, unnerving when the when you know the the announcers are like, "Wow, this is uh, definitely out of the ordinary for Jay Crowder." But uh, I'd like to believe it's not, especially not if he becomes a net. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's got to, those games have got to be few and far between because his three point percentage overall is not very good. No. Um, but um, maybe we would boost that. Maybe get more open looks um, with with KD and Kyrie. And then my last one, William, is a beloved boomerang of Ed Davis, um, which oh, I think would gosh. require a trade. But I don't think Utah would want much for him. I feel like Utah would give us something for him. <laughs> I mean, that guy, I miss that guy, the hell out of that guy every day of the week. <laughs> no, Ed Davis was, was the perfect net at that time. But you know what? I don't think Ed, da- Ed Davis would have time for the new sort of new look nets. 
okay. He's, he was he was so good as like a gritty, uh, you know, willing to do the dirty work backup sinner who just rebounded his face off. Yeah. Uh, but if he's playing on a team where he sees like the, you know. Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving caring when they want to care and not caring when they you know when when it pleases them. Uh, I think he would he would just sort of grow resentful mm. and maybe not be the heroic guy that we remember. Okay. Okay. Wow, those are your three. I was hoping you'd go for some. I thought. I mean, I thought the implication <laughs> of Begley's thing. You were going kind of on the Quinn Cook spectrum of things here. <laughs> Um, well, I want to hear more of the Serge Ibaka and Donovan Mitchell end of things, the higher end, young and older guys. Mm. Well, I don't have them because I, I just don't think we have the money uh, to to get anybody. Um, you know, if, if you're talking about players who are like, yeah, I'm interested in playing for the Nets, to me that and that their contracts quote unquote, you know, situation makes it possible. To me that means people who are free agents who are not gonna be making a lot of money. Right. All right. Well, Jay Crowder, welcome home. <laughs> what position do you think is it most important for us to go after? That is a great question. And I don't have a firm answer for you because I, I would say not to sound like a uh, like a stupid new basketball cliche here, but I would say wings rather than telling you like a three or a four um, because I feel like KD could play the four. But if he's playing the four, then we need a three. If he's playing the three, we need a four. If he's you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Jeremy uh, Grant would be would be great in that role. Yes. I like Jeremy Grant. And I oh, also think good. and I also think he is looking for a bigger role and he would definitely have a bigger role here. Yes. Um and I think maybe we wouldn't have to go that much more than his 9 million dollar player option if we gave it some time. And he's <laughs> fairly young. You know, if we did it over yeah. 3 years, 4 years, right. something like that. Right. And right. he's fairly young. Isn't he in his mid 20s? Yes, correct. And I what's his wingspan? Twenty-five. I bet it's long because he's a he's a he is a long he is like an analytics dream in terms of his like size and and athleticism. Right. Okay. Well, I love that one. Let's do it. Great. Let's make it happen. How um, how did you reach out to anyone for interviews? By the way, oh, this week. Oh shoot. <laughs> could you could I, you I write yourself a little homework. a little reminder on that one? Yes, I will. I will. I promise. Yeah. Um, okay, Simon. Yes. What say ye to a little trip to the T-Rex <laughs> Tavern? You mean the, what is it called? The T-Rex... What the fuck is it called? Is it the T-Rex Tavern? No, I don't think so. It is called the... Just T-Rex, T-M. It's yeah, just okay. the T-Rex. T-Rex, T-M. Okay. Um, so, listeners, if you're wondering what the hell's happening right now, we are going to <laughs> <coughs> come on an imaginative journey with us to the magic cent- uh, Epcot Magic Center. What is it? Epcot? 
Well, whatever. It, We're well, going... it's Disney World, so there's multiple. <laughs> there's like the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom. Epcot, That's what I was trying to remember. Yes. Like whatever. They have a bunch of different sub um, areas. Okay, so imagine this, listener. <laughs> you, me, Simon, alone and in a bubble. Yes. In the Magic Kingdom, Epcot Center, Disney World, uh, yes. Orlando, Florida. We're stuck there for roughly three months. We're looking for a nice night out on the town. We stumble across a little place called T-Rex, T-M, trademark, folks. <laughs> I, I just looked it up. It's T-Rex Cafe. T-Rex Cafe, T-M. <laughs> we do a quick glance at the menu, and we... Within seconds, are certain we have found the right place to go in the Magic Kingdom. Simon, let's head inside. It's us. It's a listener. And what nets are coming with us? Because they're going to be around. Who's coming with us this week? I'm going to take Jarrett. I am going to take Quinn Cook. <laughs> great. I'm great. Ask Good to him, know. Yeah, I'm going to ask him what it was like narrating that awful documentary. Oh, he narrates it. I don't know. I think I remember hearing that. Some basketball player does, um, and I think it was him. He was featured heavily in it, if nothing else. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the five of us – wait, who are you taking? Karis again? No, Jarrett. Jarrett. Oh, Jarrett. A goodbye, oh, sure a goodbye a... dinner. Yeah, uh, exactly. All right, so we're taking Jarrett out for a goodbye dinner. We've got Quinn Cook to talk about a movie he may or may not have narrated. And we have you, our listener. Yeah. We're all at a what table. What are you getting, all, listener? All five of us. Tweet at us. What you're getting? We're going <laughs> to sit down. The first place we're going to start on the menu. Okay, we've got a guy. He comes over to us. He's dressed as a velociraptor. Okay, because it's just a fun, fun twist at T-Rex Cafe TM. And... <laughs> He he says a pretty common thing I'd say for for wait staff to say at a restaurant. Simon he says, "Can I start you off with anything to drink?" Oh, drink shit! I gotta get down. Yeah, to the so head on down, Simon, to a little segment of the menu called the watering hole. Oh, and my, they my, my, have my, my. a looks like seven craft cocktails. Yeah. That I think all five of us are going to be able to find a unique cocktail that fits each of our unique personalities and tastes. <laughs> uh, one thing this menu very much lives up to is the standard of tastefulness that we mentioned earlier <laughs> in the podcast. Definitely, mate. <laughs> all right, Simon, would you order for you and your guest, Jared Allen? Yes, I will be having the caveman punch uh, in the ahistoric uh, <laughs> construction of this where cavemen and dinosaurs uh, were alive it's at the same a, time. It's a biblical uh, t- right. dinosaur it's, restaurant. It's, it's friendly for sure. Uh, excellent, excellent. Would you um, read to, to a listener who perhaps hasn't had time to look up the menu, what's in a caveman punch? I absolutely will. Nothing would bring me more joy. Captain Morgan Original Spice Drum. Decoyper, decoyper, banana liqueur. Decoyper, peach tree schnapps. Yow, yow, yow. And if you're worried... That sounds a bit not sweet enough. Right. Add 
tropical fruit juices. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. And what do you think you're? What do you think Jarrett would have? I think Jarrett will probably have a glass of milk. No, uh, I would say he would probably get the Raptorita. Yeah, Raptorita is a fun name. I'm glad someone said it. Uh, I'm gonna get uh, the tropical painkiller for my boy Quinn Cook. Oh, great. Okay. Um, and then for myself, Simon, I think you probably could have guessed it. I'm getting the Category Five. Oh boy, what does that mean? What is a category? What like what uh, is that a reference to? Like an earthquake? I believe that's a very high, high level of earthquake. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the idea is that an earthquake destroyed the dinosaurs. Even I thought it was right. an asteroid, though. Right. But. I think it's widely understood that it was an asteroid, but it's also widely understood that cavemen weren't living <laughs> dinosaurs. So. <laughs> right, and that you couldn't get a raptor reader or a traditional mojito that when, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Right. They hadn't gone into mixology. Right. Suspend yet. your disbelief here, people. I'm getting yeah. a category five because it's the closest thing I can see to my favorite beverage on planet earth, a long Island iced tea. <laughs> uh, Are you going to get it in a souvenir glass? I'm getting it in a souvenir glass because I'm going to need something to drink in my hotel room for the next three months out of, you know, I need a drinking right. device. So right. I want the souvenir glass. And I also to TBH, I think I'm going to be coming back to the T-Rex Cafe TM a few times during this trip, so I'm going to hope that if I bring bring back my souvenir glass, I can just get it in that every time. Um, right. And maybe that, that'd be sort of my eco-conscious approach to dining at, at this place. Perfecto, perfecto. Simon, do you mind if I read the five liqueurs in this Category 5? I don't. I'm sorry I didn't ask you too earlier. Uh, Sky Infusion Citrus Vodka, Midori yes. Melon Liqueur, Mm-mm. Don Q Coconut Rum, 99 Bananas Liqueur. I have heard of that, and it sounds horrifying. Yeah, it's uh, by the makers of Hot Damn. Yes, right, right, right. Um, and then Sweet and Sour Pineapple Juice. Mm, I bet uh, mostly sweet, though. Oh, no, sweet and sour and pineapple juice. I'm sorry. Those are two separate things. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a great start. Now let's hit up the app, Atizas. Yes. Um, great. I, lo- I love the apps on this daddy. Um do you want to go first? Well, I think just to get it out of the way, we're getting the Super Source sampler for four for the table. Yeah. That's going to come with your t- cheesy skillet meatballs, your Nashville hot boneless wings, of course, your chili con queso, your caprese flatbread, your chicken T-Rexadilla, and we can add a little St. Louis-style pork spare ribs on there for eight ninety nine. I know Quinn's a big fan of the St. Louis style pork spare ribs, so we'll, we'll throw those on too. Right, and just to make sure that your appetizer is forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> this place is this is more like theme park prices that I that I would imagine. I feel like what last week's one was weirdly cheaper than yeah. Not and this one it doesn't have to tell you that it's it's for um, picky eaters as well. This right. is actually appealing to picky eaters. This is just. Right. Whatever stupid slop Americans like to throw in their face <laughs> is on this menu. They're not combining basil and pineapple and fucking 
white chocolate ganache on your goddamn, you know, asparagus spear. It's just right. normal, good old fashioned <laughs> red, white, blue crap. Exactly. Exactly. Well, William, of course, we'll get that. Uh, I agree with you. I would just say I find it very funny, and this is repeated throughout this menu, that many of the items have, like, fun dinosaur-related or otherwise themed titles (laughs) and have lengthy descriptions on them, and some of them have none of that. One of them is mozzarella sticks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nothing said about, you know, like marinara. Do you get a ranch dip? Who knows? It's not dinosaur themed. It's not anything themed. It's just mozzarella sticks with several dots after it leading to a price. <laughs> 10.99, folks. Um, and since we already have the super source, we've heard the other things. But I think I'll order an extra chicken T-Rexadilla just because I like <laughs> the name. Uh, and we'll move on to soups and salads. Sure. What are you getting? What soup or salad? Are you first of all? Are you getting a soup or a salad? Um, I'm gonna get salad, even though you know I love soup. Also, the only soup appears to be <laughs> tomato basil soup. Dot 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 eight seventy nine. <laughs> uh, now I might get. I gotta tell you, William, the Caesar Saurus salad. Uh, wow, shocker. Yeah, but I am tempted by <laughs> the gall of this place. Calling something a Jurassic salad. That is one of the most generic, dull salads I've ever heard of. (laughs) Celery, carrots, tomato, black olives is really the only wild card there. And choice of dressing. I mean, good God. Does it even have lettuce in it? Nope. That's the celery there for you. (laughs) No, that sounds as dull as a salad could possibly get. Christ. And an insult to the entire Jurassic period of our world <laughs> history. No kidding. Um, are you getting your Caesar Saurus salad with shrimp or chicken? Ooh, good question. Ethically uh, sore shrimp, we'll assume. Right, exactly. Um, I'm going to say just the regular Caesar Saurus salad, which I think is chicken. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and get the Cobb salad because I want a BLT on top of my salad. Ooh, got to have it. Yeah, Uh, big time. All right, so now we're getting on to the main dish, Simon, and we can each choose uh, two sides or enhancements for our main dish. What are you going to have? We got burgers, we got seafood, we got pasta, and we got a section called carnivores. <laughs> uh, what are you hitting up? I'm gonna get. <laughs> I'm gonna get the prehistoric pasta with chicken, which is just pasta: Alfredo sauce, fettuccine pasta, sautéed mushroom, Roma tomatoes, and green onions. Now that's prehistoric if you've ever seen pasta. <laughs> Alfredo sauce dates back to the dawn (laughs) of time. Before there was even fire or a wheel. (laughs) Alfredo was making his creamy sauce. (laughs) It had the stegosauri going crazy. This this place has like the Larry the Cable Guy level of disdain for its its audience. (laughs) 
Uh, Simon, I'm going to go to Carnivore Central here and get the Boneyard Buffet. Mm. I'm Mm. getting me some fire-roasted rotisserie chicken, slow-roasted St. Louis-style pork spare ribs, seasoned fries. Oh, my God. And a meal wouldn't be a meal if you didn't have an ice cream scoop full of coleslaw somewhere in it. Wow, wow, wow. What are you hitting on sides and enhancements? Um... Let's see, sides and any None of these have fun names. Oh, no, they do. Sorry. They just don't have descriptions. Um, I'm probably going to get um, the uh, – I'll just add on some tar pit fried shrimp. Tar pit fried shrimp? Sure. Um, Love to see that tar pit. Right. I think, oh, these aren't very exciting, so I'll just throw on some raptor rice. Oh, great pick. I'm so sorry I missed that. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. So the end, <laughs> Simon, is near uh, yeah. for diners of this place and presumably the dinosaurs. <laughs> um, what are you hitting up on the dessert menu? Uh, churros Rex. Oh, for two, which, you which and Jared. I'll share with Jared, exactly. Right? Are you gonna is... Are you gonna have one in between you and, and sort of chew to the middle, right. like late, uh, exactly. Lady of the Tramp style? Exactly. I I hope so. As we stare into each other's eyes, uh, that's with cinnamon sugar, roasted mini churros, drizzled with Nutella, topped with strawberry vanilla ice cream. Now that's incredible. Now I don't know if that's fourteen dollars worth incredible, but that's incredible. So, Simon, I think for myself, I'm going to go with the sorbet sampler. Ooh, very, very nice. Mango and raspberry sorbet. So the sampler consists of two flavors with a raspberry sauce. And then for the table, I'm going to order the chocolate extinction for four. Okay, It's your chocolate fudge cake, ice cream, whipped topping fudge, and caramel sauce with... Butterfinger crumbs. Mm, I love that Butterfinger crumb, baby. It sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, here we are at the end of our meal. Yeah, I do. Can I just quickly point out that they also have a cosmic key lime pie that, again, that is not clear what part of the theme they're pulling from there. Cosmic? Oh. Oh, right. Um, maybe, again, a reference to the asteroid that destroyed okay. the lives of yeah. them. But, yeah, could be. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's better than the chocolate pudding cake, where they clearly gave up once again on the menu. <laughs> oh, there oh goes your microphone. My mic went flying, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been another extremely real visit to a restaurant in the Magic Kingdom. Yes. I hope Quinn and Jarrett and our listener haven't heard much from them, Simon. So where do you think our listener could tell us about what they would order from T-Rex Cafe TM? Tell us at maybe next time at gmail.com where you can also help me buy another microphone or at least screw this thing back in. (laughs) Um, Maybe next time at gmail.com you can also hit us up on Twitter. Um, and Instagram and Facebook uh, at maybe next time and uh, put reviews. Give us a five star review, please. Wherever you get your podcast, particularly Apple Podcasts, um, we, we'd really appreciate it. Great. 
Um, what do you predict the biggest story of the next week in Nets Nation will be? Oh, boy, in the next week? I don't know. Um, maybe some more photos of Karis LeVert looking, uh, looking like he's been working out. Okay. I think it's going to be dry, in other words. It's going to be a dry week. They should probably, I would imagine, start heading out to Orlando probably sooner than later. I know they don't have to be out there until Ju- beginning of July, first week of mm-hmm. July. But... Um, since it's probably kind of tricksy getting things done in New York with the COVID regulations that are. Yeah. Although we're entering phase one, William, are you excited tomorrow? Um, we're also entering a time when we don't have a curfew imposed upon us. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. The, the trash in the, uh, Produced by the by Gala Fresh, the grocery store by me. Yeah, William has not been picked up. I don't think since the curfew's gone on. I suspect, or Hillary also suspects, this is her original insight that it's because they just didn't want to be hassled by police. Mm-hmm. Um, it is piled up right in the sun there, and it is pumping in garbage stench <laughs> into our apartment. So I hope to God. The garbage trucks come. I never thought I'd say that, but there is a need for garbage trucks that come in the middle of the night and wake me up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are a, a man with an overly sensitive sense of smell as well, so that must <laughs> exactly. be particularly painful. Almost as painful as it is watching you try to screw that microphone back onto its stand. I gotta get Hillary. Yeah, someone else needs to take a swing at that. Because... I need help. <laughs> Alright, well thank you everyone for listening. We can be found wherever podcasts are found and we want to hear from you desperately want to hear from you we are obviously coming up with fascinating things to talk about on our own but crowdsourcing is the name of the game in 2020 so hit us up all those places simon mentioned you can figure it out if you've made it this long in the podcast i wonder if anyone has made it this long in the podcast we're getting i mean these things are (laughs) Taking some time. Is this one? This one might be less, though, right? This is like an hour. Uh, we're at an hour thirteen right now. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. So, without further ado, mm. we will go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording. Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like Pina Colada